All right, hello everybody. I'm Kristen Lago, and I'm Jody Storm Sullivan. Welcome to the first ever He Said She Said podcast. Basically, where sports media journalism is heavily populated with male reporters. That's what he said. And have you ever wondered what she said? Now, <laughs> now you don't have to. We're flipping around the gender norms and putting the women on the court. So you can listen to us on Monday morning starting this fall on iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you listen to podcasts on, all of that. And you can watch us, if you feel like it, on YouTube. Yeah. And we do have a plan, some segment ideas in place, but we're going to be figuring this all out as we go, so bear with us. We'll have highlights of sports from the past week, an interview with a guest that we'll pick, we'll invite to the show, and we'll think will be really interesting, and a bunch of other cool segments that we'll filter throughout. And after we're done, you can go get a snack, maybe some lunch, and then you can go about your day. All right, so what's on deck for today's show? Fast Pitch is up first. Basically, each of us is going to have a minute to pitch her story to the other. Kristen, you're on the mound first. God, I'm nervous. I was never good at this baseball thing. I'll give you a countdown. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Ready, set, go. All right, so this is kind of sports-related. Um, I don't really like the Patriots that much, but Rob Gronkowski definitely has his moments uh, to shine. You know, the Gronk cruise, all that good stuff. So I found this nice little Instagram video he posted. I'm going to show you this slide because it's hilarious. So you've heard the Running Man Challenge, right? Yes, of course. That dance that all the players have been doing lately. I can't do it. I'm horrible. But, you know, the Gronk brothers decided to try it out themselves, and you have to watch. Just wait on this one here. There's so many of them. I had no idea the Gronk brothers were so many. I thought there was just Rob. But apparently, you know, they all run this whole fitness plant together. I don't know where, but they hashtag some great things. You know, hashtag running man, hashtag face plant, hashtag bro power. And so they were working out in Toronto where I guess they have their own gym. So, you know, that's my little fast pitch of the day. I thought that was pretty much the most interesting thing I've Solid. seen. Solid. And you clearly came in under that timer. Good yes. job. All right. All right, you're up, you're yep. up. All right. So, you know, Noah Syndergaard, he's one of the best pitchers in the Mets, one of the best pitchers in the MLB. This weekend, a video was circulating of a five-year-old mini Thor. He's pitching with his dad. They're throwing across the street. It's arguably one of the most adorable things I've seen. The dad's doing the count, and he ends up finishing it three and three. They celebrate. They're jumping up and down the middle of the street. Absolutely adorable. He has the hair. He has the hat. He has the jersey T-shirt. He's he's great. I I would have to say, watch out his kindergartner classmates. He's gonna be striking them all out. He is adorable. I have to say, I watched this video earlier too, and it's pretty much the best thing we've seen all day. I'm a fan. So those are the two of our pitches. All right, you've heard our pitches, but now it's time to step off that mound. We got to talk about sports. Of course we do. So what's up on deck first? So it was USC Championship Sunday. We had three women's teams playing in their uh, respective conference championships. We had women's water polo, who won their champ- won the MPSF championship. We had women's lacrosse, who also won the MPSF championship. And then you had beach volleyball, who won the first ever Pac-12 championship. It was all three women's sports, so it was a big day for the women of Troy. Let's talk about water polo first. So they finished the season 23-0, undefeated. Um, and then they played Stanford, so they ended up beating them 8-5, and five, but it wasn't all USC the whole game, was it? No, they were down 5-4 to four in the fourth quarter, and they scored four goals in the last three minutes and 30 seconds and holding the Cardinal to zero, giving them that 8-5 to five win in the end. Jeez. And this is, so for the water polo coach, this is crazy. I mean, he wins pretty much everything. He's like the most, win- one of the most winningest coach for, coaches for USC, coaches the men's Definitely. team, coaches the women's team. 
So we're expecting them to do well in the tournament, correct? Yeah. So NCAA seedings haven't come out yet, um, but they will come out later tonight. Um, I would think expecting them to get that top spot. They've held the top spot for most of the season. Obviously going 23-0, and undefeated season, undefeated in the tournament. If, if they don't get that top spot, it'll be raise a couple question marks. But regardless of their ranking, they're, they're going to do well in the NCAAs. Then we had two players who each scored a hat trick in this game, right? Mm-hmm. At Avery Peterson and Brianna DeBeau, who each scored a hat trick in the game. So it's three goals for each of them and then two other players coming in for the Trojan win. What's interesting is that water polo wins their championship here. And then again, we had another sport, lacrosse, who also played Stanford, too, in the same they had the same score at the end of the game. It was also 8-5 to five for women's lacrosse, who beat Stanford to go on to their uh, championship win there. Yeah, women's lacrosse just as impressive. For those of you that don't know, they are only a four-year program here at USC. Their graduating seniors have been with the program from the start. They've been able to really bring it from the ground up under the reign of uh, head coach Lindsay Monday. But the, they're the first team to go through the regular season and the tournament undefeated in the MPSF, which is a big deal. Obviously, West Coast, not a big um, lacrosse sport, not, sp- not big out here. East but yep. to have a team to go undefeated through the through regular season and tournament, that's a big deal. And this is a special team. They're ranked number four right now in the country, um, and they are awaiting their NC2A bid. But I, being at number four, it's going to be happening next Sunday because their tournament is in two weeks. But definitely, I see them. I see them making a, making a start going through the NC2A. Yeah, I always thought it was interesting. So when I came to school here, that was the first time I had ever seen lacrosse. You know, because I'm from Southern California, Long Beach, and like we don't have lacrosse <laughs> anywhere. That was virtually unheard of. <laughs> So it's nice to see them kind of making a name for that sport here on the West Coast. Yeah, definitely. And head coach Lindsay Monday's 50th career win. Um, you had Michaela Michael. She scored a hat trick. Cynthia Delira with two goals. Really rounding out um, that offense for the team to get them that 8-5 to five victory. Tournament play. There we go. All right. And then beach volleyball. So they finished the season 30-2, and two, but they still ended up winning the Pac-12 championship. And they're now taking the... Number two seed, number yeah, one seed? they're taking the number two seed in the NC2As, which is a little surprising. Yeah. The last couple of weeks, they have held that number one spot nationally. Um, Florida State, who uh, is 29-1, and one, that one loss uh, coming from USC, has is, is took that number yeah. one spot in the tournament. It's interesting because our team is still the number one ranked overall team, correct? Yeah. So it's interesting how that seed worked out. But they did win. This was the first Pac-12 mm-hmm. uh, championship game they ever had, but only eight teams competed, correct? Yeah. Okay, and then, so again, another four-year program, so a relatively new sport here at USC, and I guess across the Pac-12 as we're starting mm-hmm. to see them build yeah. programs across, and uh, the team, they won the 3-0 sweep over Arizona, who was yeah. the number three seed, so, uh, and you were talking about how the play was suspended after, <laughs> so it was kind of done <laughs> after that. Yeah, so they took uh, courts four and five were the first of the, were the first two of the five matches to be played. Uh, USC took both of those, giving them that two to zero lead of Arizona and then top court Kelly Clace and Sarah Hughes absolutely dominant That's right now not surprising at all <laughs> most definitely they're 44 and 0 on the season and that championship team securing win was their 69th straight victory that's so impressive yeah they're absolutely dominant um and so because they won that 3 and 0 um even if Arizona were to pick up the wins on courts 2 and 3 Matter. wouldn't have really mattered so USC got that early sweep so they'll be starting their play this Friday against number seven seed Georgia State, and they're playing mm-hmm. in Alabama. 
the Gulf Shores, I believe it's called, yeah. which is interesting. Didn't know they had beach volleyball in Alabama, but I guess, you know. Yeah, and it's the first <laughs> NC2A tournament because this is the first year that's an NCAA-sanctioned sport, which is a big deal. USC, yeah. they went and won it last year. They won the Pairs Championship last year. Um, they've won the Pairs Championship, I think, that was their third, maybe fourth year in a row for having won it. So they're expected to do pretty well, regardless of that number two seed. They're gonna, they're, they're gonna, gonna do a, well. Yeah. They're definitely. So it was a big weekend overall for the women of Troy. I think that's super impressive though, because a lot of these sports don't get a lot of the numbers that you know a so football team does or a men's basketball team does. So yeah. I think it'll be nice that they're actually making a statement. Maybe they'll get some of the students and a lot more fans to go out and yeah, watch. Yeah, definitely. In the next I seasons. was on. Yeah, I was on Twitter this weekend kind of looking, and I knew that everyone was playing in their conference tournaments this weekend. And then, like, middle of the day on Sunday, I was going on Twitter to check some stuff about beach volleyball, and I looked. I was like, oh, water polo and lacrosse are playing in their tournament champion. That's just insane to have three women's sports. And that's not even to say women's golf won the Pac-12 mm-hmm. tournament earlier in the spring. Uh, the women's swimming and diving also won the Pac-12 tournament. So... To say this spring has been good to the women of Troy would, would be a bit of an understatement. I know. Well, I'm excited to see what that brings for next year and what that means for them going forward. So we'll have to wait and see till next week when they all get started. Definitely. So other things going on in the world of sports. We had the NBA playoffs. It was a big weekend for that seventh yes. game series for the East Coast. was all <laughs> came down to that seventh game. So the first game I want to talk about was the Toronto Raptors, Indiana Pacers. The Raptors ended up clinching that win, 89-84. What's interesting about this game is it's the Raptors' first Game 7 win ever and their first trip to the second round since the 2000-2001 season. Now, that is a long time. That is 15 (laughs) years, pretty much our entire lives, since we've seen the Raptors (laughs) go into the second round. So it was a big deal for them. We saw a lot of great things come out of social media from this win. Lots of Drake references. So many. (laughs) So many Drake references, especially with his album coming out this weekend. And it was a big game for DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. We saw in their post-game interview, they brought out their children, which was the cutest thing ever. I know that's like your favorite thing. I was so happy about that. To see that on social media, I was so excited. It was great. And then a couple weeks ago, you had Isaiah Thomas bring his two sons on. That was great. And I got to say, shout out to Steph and Riley Curry for starting this trend because in the past, I was like, eh, press conferences, yeah, they're cool to listen to. But now you bring the kids on, I am just, I'm now so excited. Now you want to watch them. You're <laughs> like, Riley Curry, you definitely started that trend. I think she's my favorite by far. But easily. Easily the best. But DeMar DeRozan's little girl was pretty cute with her. I love you, Daddy. Little perfect. quip in it there. It was great. <laughs> so also on the East, we had another seven-game series. We had the Miami Heat, who defeated the Charlotte Hornets. You want to mm-hmm. take over that one? Yeah, of course. So you had another seven-game series. And interesting about that, Hornets led three to two early. Heat. Mm-hmm. Took that la- took those last two final games, so good for them. Uh, it'll 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 get them some momentum moving on, and he absolutely dominated oh, in the paint. Understatement, dominated. <laughs> yes, especially in Game Seven, they scored fifty eight points. They had a seventy four point four field goal percentage, and they outscored the Hornets by thirty six points. Yeah, crazy. And I'm I'm not really a Heat fan, you know. I was a Lakers Clippers girl, but I guess we'll have to wait and see who we root for. Is tonight we have two games going on in the second round. We have the Atlanta Hawks who are taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers in Game One. The Cavs clinched their round four to zero, so it's been a long time coming for them. They've been waiting to see who they were going to take on, mm-hmm. but everyone's looking at the Cavs for this one. They're at home, you know. LeBron James is pretty dominant at his home stadium, so I'd like to see that. But there's been this whole news about how he's <laughs> lost his jumper. I don't know if you go on SportsCenter, you go on anything, any sort of sports-related <laughs> site. They're saying he's lost his jumper, his jump shot. I don't know. 
I don't know what that means. We'll have to wait and see, yeah, but we'll I think it's going to be Cavs for this yeah, game. definitely. And then yeah. staying on the West, you have OKC and San Antonio Spurs in Game 2. Spurs, they had that dominant win in uh, Game 1, winning 124-92. to 92. Yeah, you could definitely say they put on a clinic during their first game, and they led by as many as 43 points. Jeez. That's just absurd <laughs> you did not want to be an okc no, fan in that game definitely not and they're playing on san antonio spurs are favorite at home they're 40 and one at home this season i think okc is going into hostile territory and with that demoralizing mo- loss in game one maybe they'll have some spark and some momentum to get going but i think the spurs are going to take it at home and i agree and you've seen the spurs kind of be that storyline surrounding the warriors because you saw the warriors do their whole streak at home and their whole streak overall has been crazy this season, but the Spurs are the only one to sort of take them down a notch. So I think the Spurs are going to be someone to contend with this whole sort of as we go on through the playoffs. Yeah. And then moving away from NBA, we have the NFL draft that happened last week. Mm. Pretty exciting, fun to watch. Um, just going through quickly, you had the top four picks. You have Jared Goff from Cal, who, interesting, we got to see him play against the Trojans, so it's kind of nice to see someone like that get drafted. Uh, quarterback, and he's going to the L.A. Rams. That'll be from fun California. to see him play right in our backyard. Definitely. Staying in California. I got to say, he's got it good right now. He's I'm staying local. Uh, he seems like a nice person, <clears throat> great quarterback, so I'm excited for him. We'll see yeah, what happens. Definitely. You got Carson Wentz out of North Dakota State quarterback and he's going off to Philadelphia to play for the Eagles he came North Dakota's a D2 school Mm -hmm. is it not so it's interesting that a D2 player is being drafted you know second pick of the draft that's amazing for D2 schools everywhere kind of promoting athletes you know it doesn't need to be from a D1 school to go you know second pick of the draft competing for the starting spot against Bradford and Philadelphia so we'll see what happens with him as well now, moving down, we have Joey Bosa out of Ohio State defensive end, off to San Diego with the Chargers. There you go. He's going to be a great player for them. Excited for him to come to California, so yeah, he really likes definitely. it. And that fourth pick, Ezekiel Elliott out of Ohio State, running back to the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, this was your favorite player, wasn't <laughs> <laughs> mm, I don't know if favorite player is the right <laughs> word, but I just remember being on social media, watching the draft, and then, really, dude, crop top. Like, I get that that's your thing, <laughs> but it's the NFL draft. You're in a suit. Like, come on now. Wear oh, your shirt like a normal person. This was literally the first thing my mom <laughs> called me on the phone when she's watching the draft, waiting for any USC players to be drafted. And she goes, did you see that stupid running back from Ohio State? He's wearing a crop top. I'm like, he's trying to be funny, Mom. And she's like, it's not funny, Kristen. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So my parents everywhere feeling very strongly about Definitely. the crop top. <laughs> and actually, the Dallas Cowboys got a lot of criticism for this pick. You know, you're tech- a lot of sports analysts everywhere say you're not supposed to take a running back this high up. Because, you know, the talent is really – the variance in talent is really small between mm-hmm. a running back you meant drafted in the third round, drafted in the first round. There's not that big of a difference. And then everybody is saying, why don't the Cowboys ever draft a quarterback in the top – in the first round? They missed out on uh, Paxton Lynch, mm-hmm. who went to the Broncos. Yeah. And they missed out again in the second round when the Raiders took a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And so, Cook. Yep, exactly. So they waited until – The fourth the, round. Exactly. The 135th pick, Dak Prescott out of Mississippi State. So they're getting a lot of criticism. I personally think that Jerry Jones is just too infatuated with Tony mm-hmm. Romo to ever draft someone too high that could actually compete with Romo for the starting spot. But I don't know. He's been injury prone these past couple of That's seasons. Been. He was my fantasy football quarterback, and I was very angry when he broke his clavicle. So yeah. I don't know what's going to happen with them. I don't think they really needed a running back, but we'll see what Ezekiel Elliott we'll does. Maybe what's, we'll see the crop top again. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> what's interesting, though, with Jerry Jones is there are some reports on the internet that, that he really wanted Paxton Lynch. Mm-hmm. He really wanted it. 
why not grab him? I, it's just, it's strange. <laughs> I, I'm really thinking the Tony Romo love affair is yeah. totally real. But moving back home to USC, we had four players drafted mm-hmm. uh, this year, which is great. Keeping our number one spot for all-time NFL draftees intact. We had Sua Cravens, who went second-round pick, the 53rd pick of the draft. He's going all the way across the United States. He'll be in Washington, D.C. for the Washington Redskins. I'm excited for him. I think, you know, it'll be definitely interesting. He's a Temecula boy, so we'll see how he handles the cold in D.C., but... I don't know. I think he's going to do well. Yeah, I think it'll be a weather adjustment, but I mean, I think I think he's good. He's focused, looking at his posts on social media, really into exactly. it, really excited. I think I think he'll grow in and mature to a good player, probably have a good rookie season, and I see success from him in the NFL. I agree. And then we had another player who probably would have gone probably a first-round draft pick if, unfortunately, had been injured mm-hmm. his senior season. Max Turek ended up going third, 66th pick of the draft, which is so great. Um, I think he's going to be a steal for the San Diego Chargers. He's a center. He's very focused, very good at his job, and we saw him at USC just kind of lead the Trojan team before his in- untimely injury. Mm-hmm. But I think he's going to be a steal for the Chargers. I don't think people expect that much of him because he was injured, mm-hmm. but I think once it comes after his rookie year, people are going to be like, wow, this is this was a good yeah. pick by the Chargers. And he was a natural leader here at USC, exactly. so something that's going to be easily transferable to the NFL for him. I agree. Then we had our quarterback, the pride and joy of USC, Mr. Cody Kessler, who also went in the third round the 93rd pick of the draft he is going to the cleveland browns yeah interesting a lot of a lot of quarterback turnover in the in cleveland area right now oh god i don't want to get into that (laughs) one we'll see if he's able to compete for that starting spot but i mean we're all rooting for him here yeah definitely exciting and the last one to go in the draft was kevon seymour he is a cornerback he was drafted to the buffalo bills in third round 218th pick of the draft and what's interesting is the Bills now have drafted 12 USC players, and he joins two of them on the team now, uh, wide receiver Robert Woods and cornerback Nikel Roby. And a lot of people, when Kevon Seymour was here, compared him to Nikel Roby mm-hmm. in his speed. He's a really dynamic player in corner, so we'll see how much he gets playing time this year. I think he's going to be one that they have to work on a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited for him as yeah. well. And I'm really excited for Seymour. A lot of, lot of um, support around him after him getting drafted. A lot of media support. A lot of the people that I've talked to. Very great interview. Um, really nice really person. Nice Just a personable guy. A guy that you want to see succeed in the NFL. And I think he's in the right spot to be doing that. I agree. And then in addition to our actual draftees, we had seven guys sign as free agents. So we only had two guys go undrafted and unsigned. So I'm excited to see where they all uh, kind of fall into place and their teams are spread out throughout the U.S., spread out throughout all their teams. So I think it'll be an exciting NFL rookie season it for will all be. of them. Decent, decent draft class. It, it mm-hmm. should be good. And I think only get better for USC. I think our recruits have only gotten better, which yep. is going to translate to even better NFL draft classes in the future. And it's really exciting because we didn't lose too much uh, this year, yes. but I'm a little worried for next year. I'm already looking <laughs> for the NFL draft in 2017. I'm thinking, wow, we are going to lose a lot of talent. Yeah. So maybe not- maybe a couple of them will stick around, but I mean, success to them if they want to go early to NFL, they're only going to have success there. Exactly. So that's pretty much wrapping up our sports today. Are you getting a little yeah, feeling yeah, a little yeah. creaky I inside? Think, I think I want a little bit of a stretch. I feel like I don't know. I just need to get up, walk around. Do you hear that? I think I think I do. Does it sound like it's time for the seventh inning stretch? I think that's exactly what it oh sounds like. All right, guys. All right. <laughs> So seventh inning stretch, you know what that means? Get up and take a stretch. But we're going to get up and take a stretch outside of sports for now. So the biggest thing I think people were talking about this weekend was the White House Correspondents Dinner. Um, President Obama gave his final speech Mm -hmm. there, and 
safe to say that he just went all out for Definitely. this speech. You, if you haven't watched it yet, you got to go online and watch the full thing. But we picked out a few of <laughs> our favorite sort of sound bites. I think my favorite overall, just because I have a love-hate relationship with the Kardashian-Jenner family. <laughs> I just, I think they really don't do anything. But, you know, I tried Kylie Jenner's lip gloss the other day. It was pretty good. So okay. I have to commend her to as, you know, a cosmetic artist. But overall, they're not my favorite people. But I just think it's hilarious that Kendall Jenner was invited to the White House dinner. Oh, it's a correspondence dinner. It's not a correspondent. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so Obama decided to address this in his speech. And I just, I laugh every time you got to watch this. Kendall Jenner is also here. And we had a chance to meet her uh, backstage. She seems like a very nice young woman. I'm not exactly sure what she does. So, yeah, Kendall, I don't know what you're doing there, but I guess Obama got a good joke out of it. Yeah. So all's well in the world of, of White House correspondence and dinner. I'm, I'm sure his Twitter mentions did go off the hook, but I mean, they already were. So Oh, this whole speech was yes. full of Twitter moments. And the last one we have to kind of address is his ending to this speech. After covering yeah. pretty much everyone in the political world, Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, Ted Cruz, and then, of course, of course Donald, Donald Trump, Trump. Uh, he roasted Donald the entire night, and we would spend an entire show going through all of those. But the ending was just, you know, the cap to Obama's White House Definitely. dinner legacy. Here you go. And with that, I just have two more words to say. Obama out. That mic drop, though, really, really seals the deal. And I think these last, what, eight years or so, his correspondence dinners have just been fantastic. He's always good with the jokes. He invites good guests. And, I mean, this was something I really didn't know about before his presidency. And I think they're funny. And I hope they stay. And they're just as hysterical. I agree. And regardless of what people think about President Obama and his candidacy, I think he's a great speaker. I mean, you can capture mm -hmm. that through all of this. I was talking to my friend about this speech, and I'm like, Dang, I wish I was his speechwriter and I like worked with him and could have this many jokes in one speech. So I don't know. I thought it was a great way to kind of cap off his career before he passes it along to, you know, Lord knows who. But um, we'll see. And I think it was a great way to cap off his sort of speech legacy. Yeah. And I think that was a good way to stretch it out away from sports and know, to, to get kinda, out of the seat for a minute <laughs> to kind of wrap up our preview episodes. You know, we really hope you enjoyed this. And don't forget us over the summer. You can catch us again in the fall on iTunes, SoundCloud, and you can watch us on YouTube. So thanks for listening. I'm Jody Storm Sullivan. And I'm Kristen Lago from the USC Annenberg Media Center. This has been He Said, She Said.